our Savior and our Lord. Amen. All right. So our readings for today talk about, uh, the gospel for today talks about being ready. Getting ready for the coming of the Lord. Um, and oftentimes, uh, this passage, it, we read it and, and our minds go immediately to when the Lord will come again at the end of all time, at the end of, of uh, human history, when, when God returns from the clouds. And no doubt uh, the lectionary writers understood this because of our second lesson from 1 Thessalonians that also has that kind of feel to it, that, that when God returns... Um, uh, what will that be like? And so um, the, the dead in Christ rising first and those who are still living meeting him um, as he comes to us and we are all brought together. Um, the first lesson also talks about the day of the Lord. When, when the Lord will come, that day of reckoning in, in uh, the prophet Amos as he talks about, uh, is the day of the Lord, um, uh, what's he say, is, is the day of the Lord uh, light? No, it is darkness, not light, as if someone fled from a lion and was met by a bear. What an image is that? Um, but uh, the, the concept here is that God is coming, and we do not know when. But I... I invite you to think about your own life for just a moment. Because I think there is more to be said here than just get ready for the end of all things. Because God comes and shows up in our life every day. And the question becomes, am I ready? Am I ready each day? Not am I Will I be ready one day? But am I ready today to look for and to see where Christ shows up in my life, in our lives, in our community, in our world? And when you read it in this fashion, I think we have far more to learn about this strange parable that Jesus tells of Ten bridesmaids waiting for the bridegroom to show up with their lamps of oil, some with extra oil, some with none. Because when the bridegroom comes, listen to the words that, are, that, that they say, look, here is the bridegroom, come out, come out to meet him. The, the implication is that when the bridegroom comes, you want to be ready to move with him. To go where he goes, to follow where he leads, to, to be part of what God is doing. This is our calling as we wait. And truth be told, there is much of our life that we look at and we say, I'm not sure what God is up to in this. But when we see God up to something... We want to be ready to move. And the more we pay attention to this idea that God is regularly showing up, that he could be here at any moment, and that we must be ready, the more we look and see signs of Christ coming into our lives. 
I believe that's part of what it means to have oil for our lamps. How do we keep our lamp burning? Right? Uh, we have that, uh, uh, my favorite uh, old praise song, which I can't believe I didn't select for this worship service, this little light of mine, right? This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. How do we keep this light shining? We know that the light comes to us not from us, but from God. God gives us the light to shine. The reality is there are so many days where God's light does not necessarily shine in my own life. At least not in a way that anyone else would see. Not in a way that anyone could notice. Save maybe God himself. So how do we add oil to our lamp? How do we make sure that our lamp is ready to shine when God is ready to call? when the bridegroom comes, when Christ enters, how do we make sure we're ready? I believe it's two, two very important things. Three, three uh, if you want to extend it just a bit, which the uh, prophet Amos invites us to do. The first is we need to be immersed in Scripture. We need to know what the bridegroom sounds like, looks like, um, is about. God will never call you to do something that is contrary to his way and his word. God calls us to act in accordance with who he is, his character, his way, his life. God does not call you to do bad things. God does not call you to do things that are contrary to, to who he is. God calls us to act with him. And we know what God is, we learn what God is about uh, by reading the stories of the faith. Stories that have been written down for us by faithful ones from of old. Stories that are told around dinner tables and in uh, church uh, meeting rooms and in narthexes and parking lots. Stories of what God is up to in the world and we listen to one another and we listen to the faithful and we hear what God is about. And we get pointed in a direction to see what God will continue to do. And the more that we listen to this word, the written word, the spoken word, and we look at the word made flesh in Jesus Christ, where we see the most clear understanding of who God is and what God is about. Jesus who comes not only for the faithful, but for all. Jesus who comes and, and though he has no sin, welcomes sinners. Jesus who gives his life for the sake of those who would take it from him. Jesus who exemplifies love, grace, mercy, and truth. 
and calls us to walk that careful line of how do we speak truth in love for all people. Truth and love that does not does not turn people away because of who they are, but invites them to become part of something bigger. This is, this is what we see in the Word. It's not what we see in the world all the time, but where we have opportunity to step into what God is doing, God calls us to be ready to do so and to speak in accordance with His Word. And it starts by recognizing what God is up to, by the reading of God's word, by the listening to God's word in worship and in the circles of faith. Understand that worship, this act of being here in worship, this, and this is my second one, um, which is actually the uh, extra third one if you're keeping track from earlier, um, Worship that Amos talks about. That's what he's railing about, right? The prophet, God through the prophet Amos is railing about their worship in this first lesson. These are not uh, pleasant words. I hate, I despise your festivals, and I take no delight in your solemn assemblies. Even though you offer me burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. What is God so upset about here, Right? What, well, what's going on is that worship was happening. People were going and making their offerings. But there was no change of their life. It ends with that familiar, the familiar verse from Amos, the one that always gets quoted usually without an understanding of what came before it. Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. What a beautiful image that is. And that is exactly what God calls us to. But uh, what was happening then and what all too often can happen now is that we choose to just have ritual over truth and justice and life and an active faith that comes out to meet the bridegroom and what God is doing. You see, too often our faith becomes becomes sidetracked. And God becomes the helper of me. And my agenda becomes the one that God should be assisting and making possible. Where worship and God's word invites us into a bigger story, we so often invite God into a smaller one. We start by immersing ourselves in the story of God that is told in the scriptures, proclaimed by the faithful, lived by Jesus, and highlighted in the word and sacraments that shape us in the liturgy. As we begin with confession and move to God's word and receive God's grace, and are sent out, sent out not to go back to who we are, but to go into what God is doing, to go out with Him, to meet Him, 
where he lives and works and breathes. The bridegroom comes, and we must be ready. And we add oil to our lamps by the, by the immersion of the word. In scripture, in conversation, in the life of Jesus, and in the worship of the church. But there's another thing that needs to happen, and it's what we're talking about all this year. It's what I believe bridges the gap between a faith that is about the word and a faith that lives the word. And that is prayer. Prayer is where God's story and our story really come together. It's where we wrestle with the difference between my own agenda and God's agenda. It's where I, I don't just surrender and say, I give up, God, I will start with you. No, it's where I stay in the conversation with God long enough to see that there is a better way. Where I allow God to convince me that this is the life that I'm called to pursue, to pursue. For myself, for those that I love and care about, for my enemies, and for all the world. We work this out in prayer so that we are ready. We aren't just saying, well, God can do it. No, we can be part of it. May our prayer become, God, show us what you are up to today, that we might join you in it. You see, that's what God has invited us to do, to be ready to join him in what he is doing, in proclaiming what God alone can bring, but he brings through his people, as we shine the light. The question becomes, are we ready to shine? Are we ready to lay our lives before him in prayer and to pick up a story that is bigger than ours? Not to just invite God into our little story, but to say, I'm ready to step out with you. I don't know how you're going to make this life shine. But I'll do what I can today and each and every moment to meet you where you are. Because it's there that we shine together. It's there that Christ makes a difference in the world. It's there that justice and righteousness flow like streams. It's there that the world is changed one life at a time. And it begins with the ready.